So the subject we're going to deal with is conflict on a leadership team. If you plant a church and it's got human beings in it, it's not going to take long before there's a little bit of a rumble in the jungle. And uh, this is one of the most important life skills, you know, we can have for, for anything in life, actually. It's what you want to teach your kids because marriage hinges on this, longevity of marriage. Most institutes that counsel marriages will tell you the number one indicator to determine the longevity of a marriage is their ability to resolve conflict. It's this inability that causes churches to split. And uh, the church environment is particularly hazardous, like a minefield. And I'll tell you why. It's because you go into church with your whole family. So there's minds your wife can step on, your kids can step on, and the leaders that you mix with, they've got wives, they've got kids. And that's a lot of collateral damage if something goes wrong. In addition to that, you know, it's you, you, you hang your heart out there. You're emotionally uh, vulnerable. You, you're emotionally invested. And when someone walks away, well, that pounds you, doesn't it? And, and it, it affects you, no matter how secure you are in, in your leadership. So the, the church environment is, is a place which, which the, the devil also likes to attack it. And he will attack relationally. That's his most favorite way to do it. If he can get two people to disagree, because this is the fact, where the brothers are dwelling together in unity, there God commands a blessing. And if the devil can get them to walk outside of union, outside of unity, uh, he's, he's one. And so uh, we can look at a, a practical, uh, we can look at this from a practical vantage point. I'll tell you what happened this afternoon. I was... Uh, doing something in another town, in another part of the province. And I've got some friends in that town. And so when I'd finished my business, I thought I'd pop in at a coffee shop and I would give this mate of mine a call and have a coffee with him. And uh, yeah, I was at a traffic light and I was fiddling for my phone and it was going to be a schlep. And I actually put it aside and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to this coffee shop. I'm trusting for a divine appointment. Put someone in my path that you want me to talk to. Well, I arrive at the coffee shop and I see it's closed down. And I think, oh, here we go. Okay, Lord, that prayer is not ready. But there was a coffee shop next door. So I went into that one. As I sat down, my phone rang. It was a pastor in the Eastern Cape. He bent my ear for half an hour. I put it down. And I thought to myself, I wonder who it is. Maybe it was that guy from the Eastern Cape that God wanted me to spend time with. And as I was paying my bill, I walked into a man who had left our church six years ago. I was very startled to see him. He was shocked to see me. And as we began to connect again, I said to him, but you've left our church, haven't you? He says, yes, I have. Dropped his head. I said, do you mind telling me why? And he said, well, I had this fight with this guy and this guy. Those two guys happened to be elders. <laughs> it's not good when you fight with two elders. And uh, as I began to talk to him, I saw his eyes moisten up. I'd forgotten my prayer, actually. 
But when I got into my car, the first thing I did is I phoned another mate of mine in that area, the guy I was actually going to have coffee with, and said to him, man, I'm telling you, that bridge is not totally broken. And, and if, if, if I can just encourage you, Steve was speaking about some soft skills, some soft uh, EQ skills. One of the most important skills to develop as you plant your church is how to resolve conflict, how to nip it in the bud early, and when it really explodes, how to solve it. And so um, in the notes, you'll see, if you're online, if you go onto the NCMI website, you will see a, a whole set of notes from each speaker. Uh, there is a case study uh, in Philippians of uh, two women who were having a good old uh, Barney. And uh, I'm going to allow you to go through those uh, on your own. But um, what I'd like to do is, is I'd like to talk about four preemptive things that you can do to reduce the levels of conflict in your church. And then I'd like to speak very shortly on some practical skills that you can develop and hone uh, to help solve those problems. And so I'd like to circle right back to Stan's talk earlier and speak about culture, because if you can develop these four cultures within your church, you should minimize uh, conflict. The first is what Stan spoke about as a culture of honor, where people are honoring each other. Then even when the pressure comes on, if, if a high value is the person over what he's doing, is his integrity, is his, the, the, the individual rather than the, the issue at hand, the chances are you're going to be able to resolve uh, problems that come. Uh, someone else tonight has spoken about humility. Uh, if, if, you, if you're humble, you can say sorry. If you're humble, you can say you're wrong. If you're humble, you can uh, afford people time and you can listen. And so when you start your church plant and you start to gather people around you, if you bring people on board who already are honorable people who know how to honor and who already are humble people who are uh, that way inclined, you immediately are in a safer environment than if you had to bring proud and self-centered people on board. And so, and as you heard earlier, that the people that you promote, the people that you get into leadership, their values are contagious. Their cultures are, are contagious. And then thirdly, if, if you develop a culture of serving, in other words, you, you're not in the ministry for you, you can get out of it, but, but you're there to develop others and to build others up. And, and if you can develop an, a culture of encouragement, so... In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, we are to encourage our brothers more and more as the day approaches. What's Paul saying to the Thessalonians? You should be building each other up. And so all those descriptions are a, a, a working environment, a ministry environment where that, that is not centered on self. When an environment is centered on self and promotes your ministry, your victory, your self-actualization. If you develop that sort of culture, people are going to compete against each other and there's going to be rivalry and there's going to be factions. But if you can develop a culture of honor, of serving, of humility, and of encouragement, uh, battle lines are going to be less. 
They're still going to be there, but there'll be less. And so, some practical, practical things to develop. Firstly, when you are offended, and listen, if you're planting a church, you are going to be offended. This is the sort of things that's going to offend you. Someone's going to say, when are you going to let so-and-so preach? Because he's, he's much better. <laughs> or, and you, you will hear this one often. Uh, I've prayed. I've waited on God. God has said to me, I've got to go and join the church next door. That stuff's going to hurt you, man. And, and, if, and if you are offended, if people hurt you, I think there's two courses of action. Firstly, 99% of that offense needs to be handled with forgiveness. It says in John uh, 20, verse 20, that we do, we, Jesus breathed on his disciples. Remember that? Breathed on them, and he said, receive my spirit. And then straight after that, he says, whoever you forgive is forgiven. So, so what was he saying? You're saying, well, you need my spirit to be able to forgive. And so when people hurt you, 99% of the time, as the father of the house, as the mother of the house, as a leader, you, you've, got to, you've got to let it bounce off you. It can hurt you for a moment and say, God, God, heal me. Here's a quote from Dudley Daniel. Get over it in 30 seconds. Oh, that's hard, eh? It's really hard. And so 99% of it. If you can't get over it, if, if you, you, you've received what you can from the Holy Spirit and you know this is far more complicated than that, well, then Matthew 18 says that you need to go and speak to that person. And you don't go speak to 10 other leaders first. You go speak to that person. And go gossip about it. You don't go preach about it from the pulpit. <laughs> One day there was somebody... In another place that I, I want to talk about. And actually the guy's sitting in the building. Now, if, if, if you can't forget him and you can't get over it, you go look him in the eye and uh, you talk to him. A and if it's still not resolved, then you take a brother that you trust. And if that's still not resolved, then, then you've phoned someone in a ministry capacity that's standing alongside you that represents the church of Jesus. And you go and resolve it that way. And so what happens if you think you've offended somebody else? So uh, that happens with me on a daily basis. Not a weekly, daily. I'll get home and I think, oh, flip, you know, that guy, imagine what he thought. Uh, some of it you just got to take to the Lord and say, God, if I bring it up, it's going to make it worse. So you just take that to the Lord. But you know when you've really messed it up? You know, Stephen spoke about it earlier, being vulnerable. And just going to them and saying, hey, um, are you all right? I'm sorry, that might have been a little bit rough. And just uh, I, I, when I got home, I felt the Lord saying to me, actually, I overstepped the mark there. If, if you don't approach them, and you're the leader, I'm, talk, I'm talking to a church planter now, and you, you just, that guy must just suck it up. That guy must just get over it. Uh, you don't know what's going on in, inside of that heart. So I'm saying if you think you've offended somebody, first, you know, take it to the Lord. And if you really think it's hurt them, you know, go to them humbly. If there is 
an offense between you and someone of the opposite gender? How do you handle it as a church planter? You're planting a church and uh, you're a bloke and a woman has deeply offended you. Now, you don't just quickly pick up Matthew chapter 18 and go and have a cup of coffee with her by yourself. Because generally speaking, and, and you might say, Grant, you're getting a little bit legalistic. No, no, no. You are now going into the realm of emotions. You're going into the, the realm of intense feeling. And you're going to go in there just you and a person of the opposite gender. Very silly. And so, firstly, if that person, let me talk to the blokes right now. If that person is a woman and it's someone else's wife, you work it through with him and her. If it's someone else's daughter, sort of living in their home, you work it out with the parents and the daughter. And if it's not, if it's an adult that is, you know, on their own, you work it out with your spouse. And so I've seen too many well-meaning pastors try and fix relational problems across the gender line and get into a lot of trouble. And what if you hear gossip about another elder or another leader on your team? You know, when Timothy chapter 5, Paul says to Timothy, do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it's brought by one or two witnesses. And, and why would he say that? Well, because the devil wants to take out elders and wants to take out leaders. And so when you hear someone gossiping about someone else or another church or another elder or someone on, on your team, uh, the skill to be able to say, um, just turn that answer, diffuse that situation, slow it down in its tracks. The best way to slow thing like that is to say, if they say, I don't really like that guy, you say, well, I love that guy. Now, immediately that is put put them face to face with what they're up to. But in terms of your own personal skills, I'm going to list it, and they're in your notes, just very quickly, a couple of habits that, that can easily creep in, and we, we need to get rid of these habits, and then I look at a couple that we, we need to try and work on. Uh, the, the first bad habit is that of um, trying to solve relational issues with the pen, or should I say these days, uh, with the iPad or, or the phone. Uh, generally speaking, I mean, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, face-to-face -face is the best way to resolve an argument. The best way, because why? Because they can look into your eyes and they can see your demeanor and you can, and you can, uh, roll with the punches, as it were, and you can explain what you were meaning. The number of texts that have caused church splits is incalculable, I promise you. Number two is if you one who, who remembers past sin, remember what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love, love that is pure and from heaven, keeps no record of wrongs. And so, 
as a leader, when you're leading your team, once an issue is resolved, it's a bad habit to get into to keep those offenses as records to be pulled out again at the next transgression. If guys are on your team, you're a church planter, and you're in the habit of going through their past misdemeanors, uh, you're going to struggle to resolve the current conflicts. Uh, generalizations, saying to guys, you always do that. I've noticed that you, you never come to prayer meetings. <laughs> you only miss two. That, that sort of language doesn't help. And then letting your emotions get away with you. I am married to a very laid back woman and I praise God daily for that. If, if I had married someone of my own personality, I'm not sure we would have lasted the honeymoon. And so I've had to learn this from my wife to keep my emotions out of my, my, my disagreements and my differing opinions. I remember when Ray Oliver handed over the leadership of the team to me 20 years ago, uh, I said to him, I was 32 years old, he was 57, and I, I said to him, Ray, you've always been so gracious with me, uh, can, can you tell me what my biggest weakness is? He says, no, Grant, I don't think that's appropriate. I said, no, well, well surely you're going to tell me. He says, no, no, look, I've done a fine job in raising you, you're absolutely fine, you're ready to go. I said, Ray, please tell me. He said, okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I was bracing myself. And he said, it's your face. And I said, what? My face? I had hair in those days, by the way, so I had less of my face. But anyway, so he, he said, yeah, because when you're not happy with something, it's written all over your face. When you, when you lift your eyebrow, people know they're in trouble. And if, if something comes up in an elders meeting and you totally disagree with it, People don't even have to ask your opinion. They can see it written all over your face. Learn how to play poker. That's <laughs> what he said to me. I'm, I'm not kidding you. That's what he said. But what was he saying? He was saying, just calm down the emotions a bit, Gron. Just like, just dial it down a bit. Just dial it down a bit. Why? Because I tell you why. Because people, and these are the good habits that we need to learn. People, people need to be heard. And if you're talking all the time, whether it be emotions or, or, or with your non-verbal or verbal clues, uh, they're not being heard. So, so some of these soft skills, we need to learn to listen. There was a young LD, he's no, no longer on our team. Uh, he, le he only was an elder with us for around about five years. He's, he's in the UK now. He's a very strongly like a strong, strong young man. And I remember him having a disagreement with me once. And he sat there. And when he first said it, I thought, phew, it knocked me off stride. He said, Grant, I hear you. When he said it the third time, I thought, yo, this guy's playing me now with this phrase. But I so appreciated it. I don't know whether that was natural to him or he learned that as like a 21-year-old. But when we were debating something, he would say, and I was being schooled by someone 15 years my junior. And he was saying to me, Grant, I not sure that I hear you. Or you'd say, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Help me understand that a little more. Um, incredible skill. Incredible skill. Uh, a lot of uh, gratitude to that young man. 
to bring God into your disagreements early, early, early. When I'm saying disagreement, sometimes it's a style thing. Sometimes it's not a big moral issue. It's a, it's a preference thing that you've just, your personalities have rubbed. Bringing God into it. And then asking yourself this question. Is this fight worth it? Or should I just lay this down? Should I just walk away from this? Is it really that important? Uh, or is this an issue that I should just put to rest? And then uh, finally, a, another soft skill to handle these awkward moments is to develop a language of, of speaking life over people, of encouraging people. Uh, I remember some wise guy telling me once, before you bring a word of correction, make sure you've already banked 20 words of encouragement. It's a great skill to learn.